From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. What in the world is that? Citizen King, better day. This is a very good fishing song. Yeah, it is. It's great. You're just mad. What do, what, do, what do you want? I told you I want the hunt. He's not even talking. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a good song. Uh, welcome back. Hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Gun, Vince Noble, and Slick hanging out with you. Bill George is in the turkey woods. He's got his sights set on this one that eluded him last season, and uh, apparently the bird has been spotted during the many scouting trips that had been done. I think he put George out there to uh, be his eyes and ears while he was hanging out in Hawaii. And uh, so he's got a vendetta against this one, and he's, he's out there in the woods to get her done. But right now on the phones we got our good buddy John Harris of John Harris of of, of HarrisAuctionsLLC.com who's got a massively huge auction coming up and we want to talk about it because we've talked about it last hour and all the great items on there but uh, John can you add to what we've already hyped up for you my friend No I you, good morning Good morning Good morning <laughs> I was Listening, I think I, I want to go to that auction. I was listening to your shows. Where the hell's that at? I want to go to that. Oh wait a minute, that's mine. Well, so, I wasn't. I wasn't did, gonna. I, I wasn't gonna get. I wasn't gonna give the location. I was gonna let you do the dirty work. So uh, uh, yeah. I didn't want to cause a stampede this early in the morning. No, it's uh, yeah. They got a week, and and good point about it being next week. Yeah, is that next Friday we're gonna have a preview because this is not our type of auction. I don't mean the product, but. We usually catalog things down to the nut and bolt of everything. But because of the size of this, and it was so, I mean, it was everywhere in the shed. Uh, the family worked very hard on this stuff. Um, we're going to just give pictures and ask people to come out Friday to take a look and then decide if they want to come back Saturday. So there's a big preview Friday from 11 to 5, um, and it's out on Plant City on 39 and 60 at the old Uncle Mike Smokehouse. Yeah, now. good spot. Yeah. That's yep, a good spot. Yep. yep. So you're gonna drag you're gonna drag all of this stuff over there so everybody can peruse it on Friday before they get over there and get crazy? Yeah, we're gonna bring it over the twenty fourth, put it out on the twenty fifth, or have it out on the twenty fifth. Right. Be out. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah. A well, lot of stuff and, and, and like I said, when I first looked at this, the family called me and said, Look, we'd like to sell this. I I was like, I don't know if there's an auction here and then we started looking closer, and then they started digging they called me a year later and said, well, we've got it all discovered. We've got it all out. Would you come look at it? And it was like incredible. So yeah. <laughs> I see that a year to go through it. I see the star kiss tuna, Charlie the tuna. Yeah, no, that's gone. That, ah. I'm sorry about that. That was part of it. We were going to do some banks in there also because that was originally when I looked at this auction, I said, not a lot here. And we started looking under the you know, under the uh, displays and, and through the drawers and everything like that. Before you know, it, we've got really a big sale. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah. I can't I can't count how many. I know you said there were over a thousand. I I can't even imagine having to sit down and actually go through each and every one of these lures just on its own. I don't know how many different spoons there are in this auction. Uh, just the spoons alone. Some of the old vintage spoons. Some of the old hammer style. And some of the big ones and short ones and small ones and deep water ones and I mean, just that category alone, 
uh, are crazy. And I'm sitting here trying to look for ones that uh, I even recognize. And some of these are so old, I have no idea. Now, some of the modern ones I can look at and go, oh, that, you know, these old flies, these threadfin flies yeah, like this. Yeah, man, yeah, those, those are cool. Dude, those things, those old ballyhoo flies like that, those things are, they're they're not cheap. But they got one here. Look, they got the old uh, old style devil's horses. Look at uh, the Bahi one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where that is. I, he said, <laughs> didn't you say that thing was made of rubber or something? That dolphin the, one? Yeah, it's, it's some sort of a, a poly, whatever. It's, yeah, large. I, I, I have Whoa. no idea, but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then then of course the reels alone, just going through the reels, is is crazy enough. I don't see very many spinning reels, but I do see a lot of uh, open reels and things like that on there. I know you were showing me on your phone yesterday, but you know that screen's kind of small and I couldn't get a lot of perspective. Are you, are you on. talking about you like an open face? Uh, yeah, like a spinning rod, you know, a yeah. spinning rod or anything like that. But these are all vintage. Uh, no, these you know, are real. Real, real good old ones. They're not the new modern, you know, that cheap stuff you buy. No, no. <laughs> this one, this is when reels were made. Nah, <laughs> that's in the joking in the uh, auctioneer voice there. The um, it's certainly the technology so much better now, but it's neat to look back and see these pieces the way they were put together. I mean, so. And I guarantee you, they probably still work. You put a little oil on them, and you're good to go. Oh yeah, Damn. yeah, not yeah. Going that's, anywhere. Uh, that, that's that's true. The um, Probably the most incredible thing about this is trying to figure out what is what. And I've had calls from all over the country, and I, I, I'm going to rely on the experts because, the, you know, a guy calls me up and asks me about one particular lure, and, you know, he asked me to turn it over, and I said, look, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> We've got a thousand of these things. I'll be happy to do it at the preview. But they start giving in these descriptions, and I'm like, I, you know, gosh, I'll do my best. But uh, unfortunately, there's no online bidding. If you want it, you have to be there. Yeah, I, I mentioned that part, and I know that you got a bunch of uh, vintage outboard motors as well. But yeah. you know what I did not see on there that you were showing me yesterday is how many of the old vintage Genie Oil lamps that you actually have there. Those yeah. those things, for one, they're not cheap anymore. They're, I mean, and, but they last forever. And, you know, they're all nickel-coated. I mean, they get a little corrosion on them, but you can polish them up, clean them up. And they, you can still get parts for them. You can still uh, get mantles for them. You can still get everything yeah. you need for them. And uh, th that right there alone, those are great investment. And uh, they're so bright. They're, it's just incredible. I love those lamps. John, did you flip through that recreation magazine at all? No, I was afraid to. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious to see what's in it. It's 18 years old, but they've got a stack of them. And I looked at I just picked them up. They were like through, like, 1904, 1902, but then there's the um, uh, field and stream right. from the 30s. There's a ton of those also. So yeah, it's it's an interesting read to see, look back and see how things were done differently back then. So one, two, three, mm. four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight. I see. I'm seeing eight of those lamps right there. Just there's in about the pictures. 30. What? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. 28, 28 or nine. Yeah, I remember going through and counting the through in the tool shed, which was next to his tackle shed. And he had an outboard shed. The gentleman that was the collector, Mr. Hall, he um, in his tool shed he has those the lanterns and, and a tool collection that I'm not selling. It's just incredible, old old tools. But we are selling the anvil, so that's one piece that everybody goes crazy over for some reason at auctions. Anvils draw a lot of interest. I can't. And you know how hard it is to find those things anymore. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I remember uh, my old buddy Les McDowell. You know our buddy oh, yeah. Les. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he searched for two years to find an anvil. Finally, <laughs> how, how big is that anvil? It's not real big. It's it's probably seventy five pounds. Oh, okay, that's not bad. No, I mean I've, if, when we get the big ones, you see them in old shops that we've liquidated machine shops. So you get a lot of attention. Usually bring pretty good money too. But uh, it is what it is. This this stuff is. Uh, driving me crazy because I grew up in Florida and uh, fished my entire life, and I'm seeing things that I, I I've never seen. I, uh, the, the 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 reels, the rods, and the lures, and what, it's just like incredible. What's that brown one that looked like a like a almost like a fire starter or Braden said it looked like an Italian <laughs> horn? Yeah, what, what, what is that? A fishing rod? I I, I mean, I, I it looked to me like some sort of weird fishing rod. Are you? Uh, is it on the website? Yeah, yeah. it's on the website. It's uh, let me look on here. Where was there? It is toward the bottom. Uh, if you there's a couple of pictures. There's the uh, Kegenhofer Mercury, and then uh, yeah, you go. There's two pictures over, and then the next row of pictures. It's on the far right hand side. It's like this weird bent stick looking thing. Did they tell you what that is? Um, Looks like a fishing rod. Um, are you looking? <laughs> I, I I'm looking, but there's 200 pictures at our website. Which... <laughs> I've, I've done a lot this week. People would call me up and say, hey, go down 27 rows and go to the right. And, and I'm like, okay. And they go, see that rod there? I go, yeah. See that lure, the red one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm looking at it right now, guys. I'm a little bit behind, I guess. But uh, is it like a handheld uh, it, like wood-carved rod? Yeah. Yes. 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 It's like a- what, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an old vintage, like a uh, little, I don't know. Uh, Popeil before it was the uh, TV show, the little rod that had the the, the line that would actually wrap around uh, a couple of notches. And uh, oh, that's what that thing is on the top. That's where you put the line back across uh, it. Okay, it's like yeah. a pocket rod. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's got yeah, that's it, pocket rod. The the um, holy moly, it's got it's got a name on it. It's old. I, I'm not sure. Oh, there it is, right there. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that thing right it's there. Probably alone. about 14 inches long, and you know, the original wood. pocket fisherman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah, and, and the, the, the part that I haven't gotten into is those rods. And I know the fly fishermen. There's a lot of open, a lot of fly fishing reels. There's a box we haven't even gotten through yet. We, these are just the things we put out. So we're going to put them all out this week. And Friday we're going to show them off. And Saturday we're going to sell them. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I like them, man. Well, I I, I know that the preview's coming up on Friday. Correct. And it is from what to what? 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay, and it's going to be at? Corner of Highway 39 and 60 in Plant City. Okay. Northeast corner, 106 Highway 60 East. Yeah, as we always, you know, it was the old steakhouse there. It's, yep, uh, yep. It's, it's, it's been uh, that forever. It's always been the old steakhouse. Yeah, the old steakhouse here. <laughs> yeah, been there. It was, yeah. it was delicious. Thanks. Well, uh, John, we hope you uh, sell them all. And I know that you got a lot of calls from all over the country from disappointed uh, folks who couldn't buy it online. But, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. And I and I agree that I don't know how long it would take you to, to catalog all this stuff, seriously, it, individually. It, it, it took the family a year to go through it. It would take me a month to catalog it. So At least. But it's going to take me one day to sell it. Well, I, I, <laughs> and I made mention of that. I know there's going to be some disappointed people, but there's also going to be some great bargains done out there. And uh, I'm serious when it comes to those uh, those lamps alone. 
I know how much they're worth. I have two of them, and uh, they they last for, forever. They 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 there's no rusting. There's no nothing to go bad on them. Brayton, from this conversation, it just sounds like you need to go buy some lamps, bro. Because well, that's I all know. you're talking about, you, damn lamps. Some lamps, yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'll say this about this. You sale. can't hardly find them anymore. Seriously, I mean, it's people. People right. always say, oh, I, you know, I couldn't go to that auction. I, I I never get any bargains at auctions. I say, well, do you ever catch fish when you don't go fishing? You got to go. You got to go. That is a beautiful, I like that analogy. You got to go. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, we got to go. We'll talk to you again next hour. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Go do yourself a favor. Go check it out yourself and see what we've been talking about. Go to harrisauctionsllc.com. That's harrisauctionsllc.com. It happens next Saturday. And I guarantee you're going to look on something and go, dang, man, I've been looking for one of those for a million years. And it's right there in front of you. Like a lamp? Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything about them because uh, that way I could get them cheap. Anyway, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. During the break, I was looking up. Uh... <laughs> Don't tell them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Mine's an old genie oil lamp, but I know I know that uh, Petromax. They, you know, they made the same lantern, and uh, sometimes they would sell them under different names in the United States and stuff. Because I think mine originally came from England or somewhere around there. Probably. Uh, and uh, I was looking online to see what they usually go for, and the vintage. Don't tell them. Nope. I got to I got to Those lanterns alone, the vintage ones that are hanging at this auction right now, they basically go for anywhere from $425 to $500. I was going to try to get them for like 15 bucks, bro. Well, I mean, Come you know, on. I mean, I'm just telling you what they're worth and uh, uh there was uh, how many did you say they were hanging up there? 30 or so. If you went and bought one brand new, which is the smaller one, which is the 500 uh, series, which actually looks like it has a little bit smaller tank than the one that I have on there, it's $499.95 brand new. That's not the vintage one. That's the newer ones. And the cheapest one, the little ones like my dad had, uh, the 150 is still $264.99. So this is what I was saying if about this auction, man. If you go and you find those things, you know what they're worth. You put a little elbow grease in there and put a little investment on there where uh, you get those things up and running and all that stuff. If you get it for $50, $100, you can still sell that bad boy for You can pick up the, uh, that, that chrome cleaner. That is so use the motorcycle pipes. Flitz would be awesome yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah that would be great. And uh, polish that nickel back up to where it's gleaming Ooh. like chrome. It would be awesome. Uh, sad story to report. I hate to uh, get into it, but um, a little boating safety thing. Past weekend, yeah. Uh, it was a sad one to hear. And, uh, you know, we made kind of just light of uh, the shark bites and stuff. And usually we take that kind of differently than they do in Australia. Because we know for the most part 99% of the bites that happen in the state of Florida are usually nips and and then mistakes, and then they move on. Uh, right. It's rare that you're going to get uh, dragged off a surfboard by a 14-foot tiger shark or, you know, bitten in by a by a great white or something like that. It could but, still happen. 
not that it's never going to happen, but for for something that happened this past weekend uh, during a big tournament over on the East Coast, uh, it's a sad story for everybody because uh, you, you there's yeah. no winners in this situation. At no, all. and uh, I don't know the exact story of it. You know it better than I do. Uh, all I know is it was. They were in a tournament or something, and the, uh, one of the fisher ladies or whatever fell overboard. Or yeah, something. they were on a, on a sixty foot boat, and they were doing some sailfish tournament this past weekend down in Miami. And it's a sad story, and you know, and I feel we covered it this week on Living the Water Life as well. And you know, it, it's something that needs to be talked about a little bit more, especially when it comes to the boat safety. And I mean, nobody can say what you're going to do in a situation if something happens. But apparently, they had four fish on. And they wanted to go for the bigger fish, which was on the back of the boat. So you had people fisher on the, bow, on the front, yep, yeah, bow and stern. Okay, and I guess so everybody was hooked up. Everybody, I guess, was hooked up. the The guy in the back was fishing. The guide was on the back as well. And uh, I guess what happened is when the captain put it in reverse, somebody went off the front into the water. That would have been the girl. That would have been the girl, right? The fiance. And I guess her fiance jumped in to try to help her, but the problem he did, and he's an experienced guy, he he kind of should have known a little better. But again, you don't think of that situation, and it's sad to even talk about it. The boy jumped off the back of the boat while the boat was still running in the prop wash in reverse. In reverse, and he got sucked into the propellers, and he lost his life. Dude, that is that is it, it's sad. I don't ever play around the back of the boat. No, and that's that's no matter what happens, guys. No matter what happens at any given time, if you're getting off of that vessel, you need to do it to the side. I always, I all those years of hydrosliding and uh, water skiing and stuff with all my friends, I wouldn't even wouldn't even come near the back of the boat till Jimmy or Bruno or whatever. So I was like, turn that engine off, man. Yeah, well, yeah. it's in neutral. I don't care. I want. I don't want to hear it running. I don't want to turn that thing <laughs> off. It takes two. It takes a half a second to turn it back on. Uh, yeah. You know. So uh, uh, I don't know. I've always been taught you always go off the side of the boat. Always, uh, no know? matter what. Yeah, I mean, even no if you're jumping what. in to try to help somebody, you go off the side. Don't go off the back. And I know it's your fiance, and you're in the key of the moment. And I get it. I. Pro- I mean, I can't say I would have jumped I don't off. Understand the side. why he wouldn't have gone off the right off the side of the boat, man? She fell off the front. Well, again, why? Why? We could ask why all day long. Why, why, why? Why didn't the captain turn it off? Why didn't the captain, you know, who, who, why didn't somebody yell, oh, you know, man overboard to turn the motors off? You know, you always, no matter what situation, well, it's a first tournament. Thing you do, it's a tournament. You got a fish on in the back, so you know how the captain was driving. His back right. was turned to the bow. Correct. He's watching the stern. He's driving backwards, you know, with yeah. the wheel and, and watching. And we've all what, done it. Watching the fish and everything else. And so, uh, you know, Chances are he didn't know that she went off the front if somebody didn't scream and yell and, and tell him. And, uh, you know, obviously somebody heard that she went over because the fiancé went gaboosh right off the back, and yeah. it's just not good. No, it, it, I'm it, sure it was one of those things where it just happened like bam, bam, bam. I'm sure. I am absolutely sure that's how it happened, and nobody really thought. And, and now I feel bad for the people that are on the boat. You know, when I the aftermath of all this. Not not to change it a little bit, but I remember when I went through deckhand training up in Helena, Arkansas for, for barges and stuff like right. that. The first thing they taught us was well, if you fall off that barge stack, if you're up there and you fall, yeah. you swim as fast as you can away from the barges. You don't swim towards them, you go no. away. And everybody's like, Why? I'm gonna get out there and drown. He goes, a barge. Because <laughs> you those props are sucking so much water 
If you get next to that barge line and you're you get in. next to that boat, it'll literally pull you underneath yeah. and and you'll be chum out the back. And uh, I I feel for the family. I mean, he was a young guy, young banker 30, dude, man, out of Miami, and uh, had a lot of living to do with his uh, new fiance. I think they were getting married. I read the story. Uh, like in a month or so. Yeah, so it's sad. Tragic. Like I said, everybody on that boat now has to. That's that's how they're going to remember this fire. <sighs> it sucks. And in a tournament, man, it's just it's just not worth it. But yeah, and we talk about. I mean, like I have captains that come on live in the water life with us, and I bring them here in the studio here as well. And we do. We talk about a lot of boat safety, and you don't realize, you know, people that are coming in from out of town, they want to have that Florida excitement and feel, and let's have a great day on the boat. But guess what, you guys. You got to be careful too. I think that a lot of people, uh, this may be a personal opinion, you may agree with it or not, but they, I always treated a boat the same way as I treated a car. Of course. If you're going to be talking to your passengers and your head is turned to the left and you're driving and you're going 45 miles an hour across the flats or whatever it is and you're yabbity 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 and not watching where you're going it's just like if you were texting or you are talking to your passenger in your car would you stop and look at them and talk for 45 seconds or uh, while you're going 75 miles an hour not at all and and you see it all the time you see these guys that are turned sideways in the seat and they're driving you know they got the throttle set and they're you know driving one hand and they're over there Hey, you kids, why don't you make me a bologna sandwich while you're over there? there, there, there. Walk! You know? Yeah, it happens. And and they're not paying attention. And uh, if something happens, the guy behind the wheel is the dude in charge. You are the captain of that boat. And so yeah. they go by your example. If you got kids that are riding in the bow and you're getting ready to throttle up and go, the first thing you should be going is, y'all need to get back here. Get off the front. Get off there. You're not hanging there with your feet hanging and, over the front. Like get most license, I mean, any captain I've been with does that. Yeah. Get back here. Come down or sit down here in the front where, you know, sit down. and Where and you're sitting. All, yeah. Not up on the bow with your feet hanging out off the bow spread, you know. I really la, think la, if la, the la. FWC really wants to do something right, I'm sorry, guys. You need to You need to come up with a license system for anybody who operates a boat. Well, you're supposed to. You're supposed to go. No, like literally have a driver's license for a boat. Boater's education course. Uh, That doesn't mean diddly squat. I can take that online. If I've never been on a boat, I can take that online and have my safety card. Now I'm a boater. So you're saying that my son's hard work and effort for four hours is just. Yeah, he's he's not a boater. He's not a captain. Nothing beats experience. And I will say that. And so I think that the permit, the LEO, and what you can do online gives you the basic knowledge of what and what not to do, and you should always have a mentor. I, I agree. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when we were talking to, with the captain last week, it was like too much money and not enough brains, you know, when it comes to boating. He sent me a video this past week. He was out, out of the Maximo area, and there's some knucklehead right there in the sandbar. Oh, I saw that one with that cabin cruisery-looking boat. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you're going to be a like, to be a tug captain and all these other like charter captains, you have to spend so much time as apprenticeship. So why not? You have to have 300 hours to get your six pack. You have to have 300 plus hours. Then you have to take a week long course. So you have experience. Yeah, there's like a whole school you can go to. Yeah, like, school right, right up the street. Yeah. Right there, yeah. yeah, it's right up the street. We got a friend of ours that runs one over in Tampa. It's uh, Chris has got his deal going exactly. over there. It's no big deal. But I think uh, it's, I like you, you. You talk about how much. How like the regulations and stuff like that? Like, how much could we avoid? How many accidents could we avoid if we just sent people to that? Like, you had to go spend so much time before you can officially go out on a boat, rent a boat, especially. How many people come down and rent a boat? Because you can take 
get a boater safety course, you can do it in run a jet ski on Clearwater Beach in less than 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not – it's – they're part of the problem, but for the vast majority, I think it's that attitude of, like, what he was talking about when you talk about somebody about fishing. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk to the captains, and we've talked to them – even if you're the nicest guy in the world and you go, hey, man, you need some help backing that thing up, I can get that boat off that trailer in about 35 seconds. I got it. I've been doing this for 15 years, man. You don't need your help. Uh, okay. All right. Good luck. And, and, you know, and you get instant. It's like an ego attack or something. It's like, dude, I, I don't know you. I'm just trying no. to help you out, bro. And try to help out all these <laughs> other people by getting your butt out and get over and do your thing. I mean, my, my point is, though, like you have to get your restricted driver's license at 15. You can get your driver's license at 16. Why are we not doing this for boats? It is a moving vehicle that can kill somebody. Easily. or And there's no brakes, people. No brakes. <laughs> so, surprise. Yeah. yeah, no brakes. So, I think you need a license to do it. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll give you a little bit of a story out of Clearwater about a guy who apparently didn't have any of that. Didn't have his boater's license. Didn't have any of that stuff. And also didn't have a care in the world. Oh, I love where this is going to go. Yeah, we're going to take a fast one, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Yeah, them guys over there selling them big old brand new trucks and cars, man. Go see my boy Brooksy Hall. Get yourself a new one today. We'll be right back. Well, thank goodness for that. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, give you a little bit of a uh, big and wild fast cast for today. It's going to be a nice one. Today's going to be beautiful. It might get up to around 80 degrees here over on the west coast of Florida. It's going to be a little hotter in the interior as well. And uh, tonight it's supposed to be in the uh, 60s. Tomorrow, around 77 with that front pushing through. It's going to be a nice day. It's nice. I got an alert from uh, Duke Energy. Your projected electric bill is? Too much. How much do you think it was? Yours? Yeah. $85. hundred bucks. All right. Because my air conditioner kicked on for like uh, four or five days. And then I finally went over and said, why is this on? I just turned it off. I was getting those 80, $89 ones. I, I was just paid life. You know how much mine was? Buck 40. Close. Buck 30. Well, you live upstairs. And my AC is on all the time. Yeah, and my brother lives below you, so yeah. he's cooking. He's a all thousand degrees. All flipping day long. <laughs> I go the, in my kitchen and like, why is it hot going, in here? He's got the oven going. He's got the <laughs> stove going. He's got the barbecue <laughs> grill going. Hey, Bart, cook outside, man. You're cooking me upstairs here, oh, man. Oh, no, he does that, too, because I can smell it. I'm like, God, Bart's cooking again. Yeah, he's killing me, bro. Got to, man. It's one of those things. Uh, what is that? What did you put up there? What is I that? just saw that. Uh, a caller called in. He was asking about uh, if we were going to be broadcasting the FSU ba- uh, baseball Bas- games. Baseball? Yeah, I was like, uh, no, we only do basketball and baseball. He's like, well, you know, it's going to be Gene Deckerhoff's last FSU game. He's signing off for FSU. Wow. Deckerhoff is going to retire from FSU? I wonder if he's retired from Wait, from all of it or just the basketball? It, what about football? It might be just basketball. No? I, don't, I don't know because he, man, dude, he travels so much. I he's mean, he's been doing, doing it for so long. He too. does the Bucks. He does the baseball. I mean, he did basketball. He did football. So I, I don't know. I don't know if he's signing off for everything. Uh, 
talking about boating, uh, we got Captain Justin on the line. What's he going to do? Call and complain? What, what is he going to do? Well, let's, he let's find out. Good morning, sir. What are you doing, Captain Justin? Hey. Oh, I'm driving to the beautiful St. Petersburg, running some trips today, about eight of them, actually. Turn and burn. Why are you doing trips? Didn't you hear earlier, Maureen called in and said that uh, Eckerd College is doing their big, giant uh, marine rescue yard sale today. You should be over there picking up all kinds of great and wonderful items. Well, I, I intended on doing that, but then I had about, you know, six girls from Eckerd College call and ask me would I take them on a boat ride. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and I'm like, you know, yard sale or boat ride? Yeah. I, you know, and I'm just. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd go boat ride. Yeah. Hey, don't you, need a, don't you need a mate on that road? Yeah, hot, that co- ride hot college chicks uh, going for a ride or going to go stay <laughs> yeah. in the yard sale? Yeah, well, I understand. And no, um, I don't think I'm going to need a mate. I'm bringing six. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Fine. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah uh, thanks, bud. Gotcha. <laughs> I appreciate you. No love. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Oh, what are you guys going to do? Are you doing some snorkeling, uh, messing around, just hanging out at the beach? What, what, what? I believe we're going to go out to the west side of Shell Key today, look for some shark teeth, you know, just bum around a little bit. Nice. That's that, not the worst of things. No, that's, that could be a good Today's the day to do it, too, because tomorrow it's going to be squirrely tomorrow. Just make sure to tell them Yankee girls to put on plenty of sunscreen, because today it will cook you. Yeah, I had that issue yesterday with some customers heavily drinking, and I said, hey, you need to be careful. Oh, we're fine. Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, they're not putting shirts on today. <laughs> no. Ow, 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 yep. ow, everything hurts, my, everything hurts my skin. You know, it's kind of funny that I'm glad you called in because we were just talking about boat safety and different things, and I, I've seen your videos for the past week and uh, more, more uh, money than brains videos. Oh, man, yeah, dollar, dollars over cents. Yeah, I, I took dollars two new videos cents. yesterday. Two new videos that I hadn't even posted yesterday, man. Um, Jeez. How big yeah. How big was that cabin jobber or whatever that was hard up there digging new trenches? I mean, that was a big uh, boat. That was, he was 40-plus. I, I would I ran, I was running a 43 last week, and I, he was bigger than that. He was probably, probably a 46 or something like that. But, you know, I mean, the customers, I was like, hey, y'all, look at that. And the customers said, oh, is the boat on fire? I was like, yeah, might as well be, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm like, no, he ain't on fire, but he's in bad shape. Well, now, I did see, like, black smoker coming out of there, but was that, like, just mud throwing up by the props, or was he running a diesel or something? Uh, no, that's that's uh, that's that's uh, that's diesel coming out of that old uh, coming out of old caterpillar. Oh, well, yeah, he was he was absolutely. You should have. So you couldn't hear it through the through the microphone or on the phone, but I mean that engine. He was just. Wah! I mean, he had him turned way on up, man, just climbing shallower and shallower. No kidding. Back up, yeah. bro. Back it up. Not, dude, and not oh, to mention, me. like, the just the tons of seagrass he was tearing up, pushing out the back. Um, he actually climbed shallow enough towards, you know, after I turned the camera off because I went a little closer and I was going to be like, you know, hey, hey, guy, stop, you know. <laughs> and then when I got it beside him, the boat had already started to cant to one side where it was sitting on the bottom. No way. Yeah, and with these big full moon swing tides, man, I Ooh. mean, you're gonna be high and dry yes, until uh, until the moon gets overhead. That's for sure. That that yes, is not sir. that is not good. Well, I, has he got a full day trip, or are you gonna do a half a day and then head He's back home? He's got eight or? trips today. Eight trips. Yeah. 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 We're gonna run eight. So uh, we're gonna start out at 10 a.m. Um, and then we're gonna run into and into the evening. I think my last trip is gonna be uh, like like a probably a nine to a nine to 11 tonight we're going to go out to the skyway and park right underneath the bridge and 
You know, um, I, I, I believe there's a, I believe there's a young man. Uh, obviously, I can't say no names, but I believe there's a young man that's going to do a marriage proposal under the skyway tonight. Woohoo! Under nice. that full moon out there, before the, the fur gets through, it'll be nice. Yeah, if the wind stays you know. down, it'll be a, it'll be nice and gentle. Be nice, yeah, absolutely. Be a, absolutely. Then you're going to have uh, some idiot uh, screaming at you going by about 9 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour in a cigarette boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the plus is they're normally not out there yeah. at nighttime. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, go enjoy your day. I hope you guys have fun. Be careful. and uh, work too hard. I look forward to your new videos. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, you know, I'll send pictures. I'll keep Vince updated. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are entertaining. He, he's been doing it all week, man. I'm at work, and I get these pictures of, like, beautiful sunsets and nice waters. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're killing me. Oh, you know what? Before I let you go, I was going to I was gonna bring up this next story. Did you hear about the guy up in Clearwater that the uh, cops arrested this past week after he allegedly attacked uh, people on a boat? Did you Did you um, hear that story? No, I, did, I didn't hear that at all. So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Police, tell me about that. Well, police say that Blair James Albert Houston, 53, he's uh, considered to be a homeless man from Clearwater, intentionally steered a Boston whaler into a boat carrying four people near uh, the Bay Esplanade. And according to an affidavit, Houston yelled at the victims while steering into their boat, screaming phrases, uh, phrases like, I'll kill you, you ain't nothing. And the police ain't gonna do anything. Wow. So well, let me <laughs> police, let me get let me, police said <laughs> police said after making his threats, Houston jumped onto the group's boat and walked towards one of the boaters with a rope with that with it in his hand before battering him, you know, whipping him with the rope. And Houston allegedly grabbed the victim, causing both men to fall into the water, according to the second affidavit. And uh Police said that Houston invoked his right to remain silent after his arrest, and he was charged with burglary and aggravated assault with a vessel. Yeah, jump on my boat, bro. See what happens. Second, All right, so a cu- couple things. You wouldn't have to remain silent if you had done that to me. Speaking is <laughs> going to be your, your main main problem at that point, number one. Number two, if you steer your vessel in me, towards me in an aggressive manner, and you tell me I'm going to kill you, don't think for a second I'm not going to just dump this Glock into your boat, okay? That's, Number yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I, I the first thing I thought of was <laughs> that right there is a stand-your-ground type situation. Uh, of if course If you've got is. four people on there and he rams you intentionally and then gets on board, it's like somebody breaking into your car to beat you up and all that stuff and then throwing you out of the car, and, and you don't know what his intentions are. And if he said, like yeah. you said, if he says the magic words, I'm going to kill you, and the cops ain't going to do nothing. The game's on. Game, game is absolutely on. Yeah. And then if somehow he happens to get on the boat, I'm going to tell you all, you know, I found a pretty cool sale on on, uh, on Whoopins the other day, so I got him wholesale, so I got plenty to give out. You know, <laughs> and I sure, I sure would have handed him one, yeah. you know, uh, if he climbs on my boat. So. It's nice when you find those. You just buy them in bulk, you know, and that way you always have, have them ready and ready to go. But I just, I, I was just like, uh, That's so crazy. so so homeless guy steals your whaler and then goes on uh, some you know rampage. Uh, and first uh, off, you got four people on a boat. What do you? And you got one dude. Hello. You know what it was? Is it was probably like anything else. He might have been going the wrong way or drove past him or was going uh, over the speed limit in an idle zone. And as boaters do, they'll go like, "Hey man, slow down. It's idle speed only." So he flips it. Yeah. yeah, and he flips out. Don't tell me, you know, man. Just go, and then you know who knows where it escalated from there. Good lord. 
again, trying to be the good Samaritan, you end up with some wacko trying to kill you with a Boston Whaler, yeah, which, which you ain't going to sink. It's an unsinkable boat, so he's got the upper hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes people need to be tuned up every once in a while. Sounds like he needs one. So. Well, he's spending a little time up there in uh, 49th Street, I'm sure, just chilling out, eating some <laughs> nice powdered eggs. I love his good. analogies. <laughs> he comes up with some good stuff, boy, I tell you. Well, Absolutely. Captain Justin, enjoy your day. Watch out for them whalers, man. Apparently they got some psychos on board. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine's on me, so I should be safe. All right. There you go, brother. Be good, man. Have a great day out there. All right, fellas. Have a good day. See you. Yes, sir. Bye. See you. Uh, you got to love it. <laughs> does he post all those up on his personal page, or does he post Instagram. them up on uh, wet, wet and Salty Instagram? Wet and Salty on yeah. the Instagram, yeah. He's got some amazing pictures up there. I mean, like I said, I'll get messages to all day long. Here, check this out. Look at the island. Look at the water. I mean, it's he's he has some really nice spots he goes to. I know it's kind of weird to be like the fifth wheel if you're going to be out there to uh, to be on uh, a big, giant, beautiful boat out at the Skyway from nine to eleven o'clock at night with the big full moon and calm, beautiful, shiny, shimmering waters out there while some young fellow proposes to his girlfriend or, or fiance. Yeah, I guess. But you know what? Somebody's got to drive the boat. Back of the boat, let them do their thing, and uh, just enjoy the moment because, you know, you get to be out there with it as well. So I can understand I, it. It's, it's actually a cool night. I'd, yeah. I'd drive the boat for it. That'd be cool. And he's getting paid to be there, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, right there. winner all the way around. Uh, hey, listen, I wanted to bring this up because we want to give out some good uh, some good news and kudos. Uh, I think it was a week or so ago that we mentioned that uh, Richard Childress, uh, of course, he's one of the CEOs and, and big board members of Ammo, Ammo Inc., and we told yeah. you that they donated a million rounds uh, to the folks over in the Ukraine. Well, more Floridians have stepped up. It seems that Keltec over there on Coco, um, if you're going to be looking for a uh, sub-2009 millimeter, they might be a little shorthanded these days because they are sending four crates, four pallet loads of uh, Keltec sub-2009 millimeters wow. over to the Ukraine. Four pallets? Yeah. That is a lot of ammo. Well, that's the guns. They're sending yeah. guns over there. And uh, they actually, the donation, they managed to get this. They managed to connect through a Ukrainian neighbor who, uh, one of the employees that worked there, and the Ukrainian neighbor got him in touch with a diplomat with the Ukrainian embassy who helped them secure a federal arms export license in just four days. Get out of here. And Holy that, moly. That usually takes months or, yeah, or a year a depending time. on who's in the administration uh the shipment's uh, new recipient will be the ukrainians ministry of defense and he will be responsible for smuggling the weapons into <laughs> the war zone uh but also wanted to give props out to not only richard childress they donated a million rounds of 7.62 by 39 but so did remington cci spear federal ammunition Beautiful. And our own local, other local company, Adams beautiful. Arms, they announced that they're going to be shipping rifles out to help. Them How out. cool is this? That here's little Ukraine kicking the crap out of the big bad bear. And Americans are stepping up going, you need stuff? We got you. We'll send you stuff. Yeah, between the food and the ammo and the guns, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, but gun owners are all evil. You know that. Oh, we we don't care about anybody except, you know, killing Diaz. Okay. Oh, we're, we're evil people now. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford.
never really a big fan of the doors. Sorry. <laughs> nah. I watched the movie and I'm like, that's about as much as I got. I know he spent time here in USF and blah, 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 wherever he went to college. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, he, he was about that. Well, you know, speaking of more Florida news, uh, of course, as you missed on the first hour, we had our uh, first and second shark bites of the year that happened this past week. One was on a New Jersey guy and one was on a uh, Altamont Springs dude, of course, in the same place over in New Smyrna. Uh, that happened, but also uh, spring breaks going on, alligators eating alligators on golf courses, everything. All these crazy wild animal things that always make national news and make Florida look just so wonderful to come and live in. But yet a 1,000 people a day are moving here going, I want to see alligators eating on uh, golf courses. Speaking of alligators, it's almost getting time to put your tags in. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> Don't remind Bill George, okay, we'll never see him again. He's already out in the woods trying to kill a turkey today, and, uh, and, and so it'll just be another thing. But if you remember, if you recall, were you hanging out that day when we were talking about the uh, the adventures of the black vultures and what you need to do to rid uh, black vultures from your neighborhood or from your ranch or property or anything? I don't think I was. Well, you know, black vultures are not like the turkey vultures, you know, the red-headed uh, jobbers. Black vultures will actually attack living creatures, you know. Okay. Newborn deer, newborn calves, things like that. They come down in mass, and they, they will actually eat living critters. They're not like turkey vultures who buzz around all day, sniffing the air, going... I smell dead. I smell. Some smell, smells good down there. But now, if you uh, might have seen the story this past week, actually, it was a while ago. They were planning on in a West Chase neighborhood over there in uh, Hillsborough County. Uh, the West Chase Community Development District contacted the USDA. Again, I have no idea why these people are involved to scare uh, a bunch of black vultures away. And if the birds don't scare away, their plan was to shoot them. Now, that was going to be started on this past Monday. To so shoot this story, them. Yeah. Okay. So they were, they were going to go out there with a bunch of fireworks and set them off using pyrotechnics and all that kind of stuff to try to disrupt the birds' roosting sites and make the vultures uh, go their own way. And if that doesn't work, as we pointed out on the show when we talked about getting rid of black vultures— what every USDA, what every fishing game, what everybody else always says is shoot one or two of them. And then they'll leave. And hang them in the trees, and the other ones will go away. That sounds kind of... <laughs> and they will not come back. It's like an effigy. Uh, it's like a warning sign. They look over, they fly over, and they're like, dude, look what they did to Earl. Oh, yeah, we're going to be moving here soon and all that stuff. So, of course, as soon as it was announced... You're going to get stories like this. <clears throat> Steve Netta lives near the pond where the houses in the oh, island that have the vultures they call it home is all for scaring them away, but is not convinced shooting them if they don't leave is the right thing to do. Ready? The weaponry right behind residential homes? <laughs> really? One person was like, uh, what, what, kids are, what kids are going to get shot? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Why, why would you? Why would you put your kids in the back while we're they're doing this? And uh, if you don't care, <laughs> one thing you're sh you're shooting up at a vulture up in a tree. So I don't know how many level ground shots they're going to be made. True. Uh, usually, if you're going to do that, 
It would be done by somebody who probably knows his way around a rifle or a shotgun uh, that's going to try to do as little damage to said everything else around them except for the thing they're aiming at. Uh, of course, this gentleman, Cameron Correa, also thinks that the vultures need a new home, but has some reservations. I'm an animal lover, oh, so I don't go. want them to hurt the vultures, but I also can't have flocks of vultures destroying my roof. Well, uh, Cameron, let me go ahead and tell you this. Dead vultures produce no dung, so it's going to be kind of, <laughs> it's one of, one of those things. Cat uh, Wasoski doesn't live in West Chase, but has friends who do. So, you know, as a stakeholder, I guess she has to put her two cents in, which is she runs the Pet Skunk Advocates and Rescue Organization and is outraged by the plan. Of course, I'm upset. <laughs> it's unnecessary. It's violent. Of course, we, we're, we're going to do what we can, but not allow this to happen. Now, this is up until those were the comments and questions and the feelings of the folks who are around. <laughs> you know what, people? I hate people. Before Monday. And so here we go. Here we go. Residents in one West Chase neighborhood say black vultures are ruining their properties and have had enough. USDA employees executed the first step of its plan to take care of the problem by setting off fireworks Monday night to chase them away. That's this past Monday. Okay? This was just a first step. The community is not big on the next step. But after watching Monday, they now have concerns about this first step, too. Uh, Steve Netta, who's lived in the neighborhood for 15 years, he, like several of his neighbors, watched the fireworks that went up into the sky towards the trees. <clears throat> He's concerned the agency is also targeting the wrong birds. <laughs> People are so stupid. I haven't seen them shooting at the vultures because the other birds here are here now. I think I saw one or two hit a pelican. First off, there's no pelicans in West Chase. Well, there, there might be some around the lake there, you know, hanging right, out I'll or give, something. Okay, but, maybe. Uh, you know, Far-fetched. Uh, yeah. So um, apparently the fireworks might have gone up and hit a pelican. I don't know. Was but, there a unicorn there, too? <clears throat> it might have been. Netta said, I assume the noise will move them along, and that's what we're hoping for. But for what I've seen tonight, we're having uh, disregard of other fowl back there, and I'm not overly confident about it. Well, the USDA said the fireworks, if the fireworks don't work after two weeks, we will shoot down some of the vultures and hang their bodies to deter other vultures from coming back, which is what they should have done. The, the first, first time. time. Sounds like they're trying to like dissuade pirates. We'll just hang them up right out for everybody to see. <laughs> I was Dyer! thinking like Genghis Khan stuff, you know, heads on a spit. Ah, here you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Well, many in the community aren't fans of that plan either. As I told you what they were expounding uh, the week prior to <clears throat> in the neighborhood with small children oh, walking no. around. If you miss with one of those, they will have to stop when they hit something or someone's bullets do that. Again, Netta <laughs> thinks that somehow or another they're going to be out there spraying with a Vulcan minigun uh, at ground level to, uh, you know, kill a bunch of vultures. Sounds like they're going to bring out the AK-47. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In uh, a full statement from the USDA is below, the plan is to have one employee non-lethally disperse the black vultures. There are no turkey vultures there are only black vultures using pyrotechnics over a period of up to two weeks. If that doesn't work, 
then we may lethally remove uh, remove a few vultures and create effigies, which are often used uh, created using dead vultures and are hung up in the trees to discourage roosting of, of, of vultures, not to roost near dead vultures. They have no plans to kill the vultures. Effigies are used to reinforce non-lethal harassment techniques. That's just, you know what? Do what they, they should have, they just should have shot the bird in the first place and been done with it. I think the original story when we talked about it was up in New York or something. And you know what New York's uh, fishing game said? Go shoot about three of them and hang them up in the trees and they'll leave. Imagine that. They won't be coming back. And so they're going to go waste all this money on fireworks and pay one guy out there to scare them off or whatever. And they're going to give that two weeks. And if that doesn't work, the same guy's going to get out there. With some turkey loads, I'm sure. Pop a couple of them off the roost. And call it a day. Throw them up in the tree, and we all get to move along and be well, happy. I mean, that's like Peacock's week. We can talk about that when we come back from a break. They're just as bad, if not worse. Those people will fight you if you go messing with their peacocks. I know. They will fight you in the street. <laughs> Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number three is right around the corner. Stay there. If you want to call, comment, do what you got to do. It's 888-404-1010, We'll talk at you when we come back. We're brought to you by Brandenburg. WHFS Sefner, WQYK FM HD2 St. Petersburg, 103.1 W276 CX Newport Ritchie, 92.1 W221 DW Tampa. 